Well, over the past months, we've touched on a lot of high-profile organizations buckling under the weight of sexual assault allegations and criticism over the, how they've been handled from the Canadian forces to Hockey Canada these days. Well, today, StatsCan uh, released some new numbers saying the rate of police-reported sexual assaults in this country has reached its highest level since 1996. There were more than 34,200 reports of sexual assault countrywide in 2021. That's an 18% increase from 2020, 18%. Where reports decreased in 2020, the rate of sexual assault has otherwise steadily increased for five years now. And sexual assaults account for a third of an overall 5% increase in reports of violent crime with homicides, criminal harassment, hate crimes, and firearms offenses all on the rise as well. The rate of police-reported sexual assault in Canada has now reached its highest level since 1996, according to that data released today. Well, joining me now is Erin Whitmore. She's Executive Director of Ending Violence Association of Canada. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much for having me. So just a bit about these statistics, because on their surface, they're obviously, as always, uh, eye-opening. Uh, but we've seen yet another rise, uh, consistent with what we've seen over the last decade, other than, I guess, uh, during the height of the pandemic. What should we make of these new statistics and what are they telling someone in your situation? Sure. Well, I think that um, one of the things we want to remember um, when we are looking at data that it comes from police reported sexual assault um, is that we are only really seeing a small part of the story of sexual violence in Canada. We know that the majority of sexual assault survivors are not actually counted or represented in that data because we know that the majority of sexual assault victims do not report to the police. So when we see those statistics, um, you know, we, we want to uh, remember that as we're thinking about prevention, as we're thinking about supporting survivors, we really need to take this bigger picture into, uh, into focus. We need to think about how our responses need to include um, the police and improving the justice system, but they also need to go beyond that. We really want to make sure that survivors have access to the support that they need in whatever sort of form that support might take. So that might mean improving access to community-based services. Um, it may mean improving access to alternative forms of justice. And we also really want to make sure that for those individuals who do decide to report to the police, that their experience of doing so doesn't re-victimize them. I guess we are still underreporting is still a massive issue here, obviously. Mm -hmm. Certainly, yeah. Um, we know that only about five to six percent of sexual assaults are reported to the police. Um, and again, as I said, that is a really, you know, that that is a, a signal that tells us that we really have to think beyond sort of the police and the justice system when we think about addressing sexual assault. I mean, the statistics that come come out to, came out today, you know, are. Um, are really, you know, another reminder for why we need to take urgent action to address this, this urgent issue of sexual violence in Canada. Um, advocates and survivors have been calling for action um, and drawing attention to the issue of sexual violence for many, many years. So, you know, much earlier than just, you know, based on, on this report today. Um, and we really need to see some strong commitment from all levels from, of government 
you know, from the Canadian public to really do the work of addressing um, and changing systems, attitudes, and beliefs, institutions um, that allow sexual violence to happen. Are there any, is there any glimmer of hope in these statistics that in fact it is being reported more often and that there is a certain awareness that's growing? Um, well, I think the important thing to remember is that we want to make sure that survivors, anyone who has experienced sexual violence, um, has access to whatever type of support or action they feel is best for them. So if that is reaching out to the police, um, we want to make sure that when they do that, they, you know, are not, as I said, re-victimized in some way. They don't face um, victim-blaming attitudes. They're able to have an advocate to help support them through that process. Um, but we also know that the reporting to the police and going through the justice system is not always um, the route that someone who's experienced sexual violence wants to take. And we want to make sure that those individuals also have access to whatever form of support is going to best help them. I think, though, the important thing to remember is that what we really want to do is to prevent sexual violence from happening in the first place. Of course, we want to make sure that there are adequate supports available for people after they've experienced sexual violence, but we really want to prevent it from happening in the first place. Are you seeing any within these numbers, and I realize that these are just the ones that have been reported to police and paint a very small picture of a much larger issue, but I was reading some statistics from Australia recently that also pointed to just some things that sometimes people forget that a lot of these uh, incidences happen within the home. A lot of victims are under the age of 20. Uh, there are some trends that still exist that, that we should be aware of, I imagine. Sure. I mean, sexual violence can impact anyone um, of any gender at any age. Um, and yes, sexual violence does happen within, um, within the home. We know that in most cases, people know um, the, uh, the aggressor in cases of sexual violence. Um, and again, you know, I think this just really speaks to the need to make sure that we have those, those resources in place, um, but that we also um, really do that prevention work that is so necessary. Um, you know, we've heard from organizations, community-based sexual assault centers from across the country who are continuing to see an increase in demand for services, especially after the restrictions that were in place during the pandemic have lifted. We know that before the pandemic started, many of these community-based sexual assault centers were already um, facing challenges in um, meeting the demand for services due to, um, you know, lack of resources and lack of funding. So we really want to make sure that these organizations and services that are providing this vital support um, to survivors of sexual violence have the resources that they need so that they can provide that support, you know, as soon as someone decides to um, reach out for help. So I imagine these numbers are just another reminder of, of, of the scale and scope of the issue, even in 2022. Exactly. Like I said, you know, these numbers are are really, you know, they're they're just another another indication of why we really can't sit by any longer. We really need to be taking action on this issue um, and doing the work that we need to do to address sexual violence. Do you feel like there's been that we're moving in the right direction? 
I mean, I think that we are definitely seeing um, a larger public discussion about the issue of sexual violence. We have definitely seen the issue of sexual violence brought to light in a number of various male-dominated institutions across Canada, um, including the Canadian Armed Forces, the RCMP, and most recently Hockey Canada. Um, so the conversation is definitely, um, I think, expanding. Um, but we we really need to, um, you know, move past just gathering recommendations and really move toward implementing those recommendations. One important first step is really um, implementing a national action plan to address gender-based violence and violence against women, as well as continuing to work to implement the calls for justice from the national inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. And in all of this work, it's really important to have um, community-based advocates and survivors involved in the process so that they can really guide the work and ensure that the solutions that we're coming up with speak to their realities and, and their communities. Erin Whitmore, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. 911. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.